Okay, let's talk about your 47-year-old lady with a fuselage B-cell. So the next patient is a 47-year-old woman with a history of HIV who's been well-maintained on uh, highly active antiretroviral therapy for some time, who presented to our hospital with a small bowel obstruction. She was managed conservatively and subsequently discharged. She returned a few weeks later with a recurrent small bowel obstruction, and imaging was suggestive of a possible lesion in her small intestine. She was taken to the operating room, underwent laparoscopic small bowel resection, and pathology was consistent with diffuse large B-cell non-Hodgkin's lymphoma with a high proliferative index. She underwent imaging in the form of uh, CT scan and CT PET scan, and subsequently bone marrow aspiration biopsy. On both imaging and bone marrow biopsy, there was no evidence of lymphomatous involvement. She was diagnosed with stage 1AE, diffuse large B-cell non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and I recommended that she begin the first of six cycles of RCHOP chemotherapy. She began RCHOP chemotherapy in April 2011 and is almost entirely done with therapy. We have performed a surveillance CT PET scan on her after two cycles of chemotherapy, which confirms an ongoing radiographic remission. Can I just clarify, after she had the resection, she still had disease? No. She had no evidence of disease. So when you say she really isn't responding, then she's kind of being treated sort of stage four NED type thing? Correct. Right, okay. Um, What was the background in terms of her getting the HIV? The HIV she's had for some time, and she believes that she contracted it through sexual intercourse. Hmm. So, Mitch, can you talk a little bit about what your impression is about this lady and overall how you approach the patient with diffuse large B-cells, specifically in the setting of HIV? So, this case has several interesting features. One is the HIV association. The other is how you approach clinically stage one disease that's been resected. So, Forgetting about the HIV for a second, you know, if you have stage one disease, we generally think of, you know, three or four, maybe up to six cycles of RCHOP and radiation. If the disease has already been locally treated, there's really no role for additional radiotherapy. You've had the local therapy. Now you're talking about micrometastatic disease. In this case, you worry, could there be other sites in the small bowel? Could there be seeding of the peritoneum? So some of these patients of 1E resected, I only give three cycles of RCHOP. But in this patient, because of the concern, I think I probably would agree with six. But some patients you can get away with less, particularly in the HIV setting where the immunosuppression, you just think that there's more risk of recurrence. So that's sort of the cycle number I would agree with. And I do agree that there's no role for radiotherapy once you've done local therapy, if that's a cancer operation. The things that come up with her, you know, the HIV lymphomas have changed now in the era of highly active antiretroviral therapy where someone can have CD4 counts of over 200, even over 300, and they behave much more like garden variety diffuse large B cell than in the old days where, you know, these were awful, they were all Burkitt's type, they did miserably. Some of these patients, the transplant data now show that you can transplant patients with relapsed large cell who are HIV positive, and the results are pretty similar to HIV negative. So I think heart therapy has really changed the game. And so I think, you know, she got pretty standard therapy, and she's tolerating it quite nicely. The one question that we did discuss briefly was the role for CNS prophylaxis. 
So with multiple extranodal sites of disease, that's one of the indications maybe that she would need it. She only had one site. So again, in the absence of HIV, I wouldn't have done it. HIV, again, in the old days, everyone with HIV lymphoma, high-grade lymphoma got CNS prophylaxis. Again, here, CD4 counts are in a reasonable range. I don't think there's a lot of data out there about you know, the need for it. So it's just something we considered, and I don't think there's an answer to that question. Even in the patients who conventionally would be treated with CNS prophylaxis, what kind of evidence do we have that it works? Not as much as we would like. There's a big controversy in this field at the moment. You know, we generally give intrathecal, which is fine for the CSF, but it doesn't touch the parenchymal disease. And obviously a lot of people who do relapse relapse in the parenchyma. So some people have advocated giving high-dose methotrexate, getting systemic penetration. But again, there's very little data on that, and trials to try to do that have been difficult. There's some data that in the rituximab era, the CNS involvement is lower, so maybe it's not as important. You know, most of the data we have is retrospective, and so it's really a difficult problem to know. So on the other hand, I had a patient recently with testicular lymphoma who I had this discussion with, and we decided to give him systemic high-dose methotrexate, and despite doing everything right, being him in the hospital, he suffered some renal problems. And so we aborted our plans to do any subsequent cycles of high-dose methotrexate. So, you know, again, there are risks to any of these procedures, and it's hard to know what the actual incidence of CNS relapse is going to be. So, again, I wish we had more solid data on this question. Also, getting back to her as a person, how's she been doing with the RCHOP, and what's her lifestyle like? She's actually tolerated it remarkably well. She has not experienced any nausea. She's had mild neuropathy, which is transient in nature and manageable. And she's looking forward to completing treatment next month and moving on with her life. Any other impressions of her? She was by herself today? She was by herself, yes. Any other impressions of her as a person? I think she had a pretty good attitude. I was pretty impressed with her ability to go through, you know, what is not easy therapy with a you know, pretty good mindset that she was going to get through this. And again, we'll see this in one of the patients later, though I got the sense that this may in some ways have a beneficial effect on her attitude towards life, that this has sort of, you know, given her new meaning to her life, that she's going to get through this and sort of if not mend the errors of her ways, but at least have a new interest in her life. Hmm. Anything new in terms of clinical research and diffuse large B cell? And maybe you might want to comment on some of the genotyping studies that have been done. Yeah, so diffuse large B cell turns out to be several diseases. There's an activated B cell type, which tends to do a bit worse and is probably driven by NF-kappa B mechanisms. And then there's a germinal center type, which tends to do a little bit better. Unfortunately, not everybody fits into these two, so how many more subtypes there are aren't really clear. And the other problem is, you know, this is all based on microarray data. And so people took a few stains and tried to make an immunohistochemical process called the Hans, H-A-N-S is the guy who was the first author on the paper, where you could decide activated B-cell versus germinal center based on simple immunohistochemical stains. And that, in some people's hands, hasn't held up so well. So we're not sure when you say it's activated B-cell type by the immunohistochemical stains whether that really correlates with the gene signatures. So it's a bit of a mess right now. But clearly coming down the pike, you know, there will be drugs which work in one type and not the other. So we're clearly going to have to study at least these two populations as separate entities and not throw away a drug because it only works in 20% of cases if it works in half of the 
activated B cell type, for instance, and almost none of the germinal centers. So we have to think of these as separate diseases when we think about the new targeted agents. 